Hi, my name is Anne Mogilewski. I have been living with scleroderma for over 20 years, and I will be the host of Mogul's Mobcast. This podcast is designed to be a chat about scleroderma. From stories of people living with scleroderma, lifestyle issues like nutrition, medicines, and vitamins, to exercise and meditation. I will be interviewing doctors, nutritionists, scleroderma patients, and lifestyle experts. Just a reminder, I'm not a licensed medical provider. This podcast is for general information only. Please contact your physician before starting anything new. Now for our episode. Welcome to episode 14 of Mogul's Mobcast. Today's guest is Mary Wheatley, the CEO of the National Scleroderma Foundation. She has been the CEO for six months and has started and is continuing some great new initiatives that you will learn about. She has a wonderful motto, to serve as a source of hope for people with chronic diseases. Let's get started. There's so much to learn. Welcome, Mary, and thank you for taking the time to be on my podcast. I know my listeners will be excited to hear more about the Scleroderma Foundation, what it's about, and what it can offer, and how we can help support the foundation. First, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks so much for having me, Anne. It's a delight, and I'm glad that we could finally get together. So a little bit about me. I was actually born and raised in Pensacola, Florida, and went to school at UAB in Birmingham, different from the school that has a big football game tonight, but the University of Alabama at Birmingham, which has a strong medical school and a, a strong science program and had a, a focus in biology and psychology there. And while I was there, um, had a great interest in research. And so I did some work as an undergrad there in research. And when I graduated, I actually um, started working for one of my professors in the Department of Psychology and then moved into the School of Public Health. And so got into research administration and really fell in love with research as you know a way to ask an important question and to test that question and to involve the community in testing that question and then being able to show data about whether an intervention worked or, or didn't work. My husband and I moved to Atlanta about 15 years ago. Uh, and when we did, I thought, well, I'll do the same thing. I'll do research administration. I'll move from one academic center to another academic center. And as I um, was visiting with colleagues and interviewing, uh, someone connected me with the American College of Rheumatology and their foundation. And they said, well, this is a little different. Let's give it a try. And they had a relatively new research program that they had just started for rheumatoid arthritis. And so I was able to really help build that from the ground up, which was really exciting because I got to apply what I knew about NIH grants, kind of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and create a program that was beneficial for everyone. So the people that would benefit from the research, the investigators doing the research, and then of course the organization funding it, but to make it you know, a little more simple, a little more approachable and run by people who, you know, could easily uh, walk people through the process and, and help them put in a successful application. So that was really rewarding work. And I ended up becoming the executive director of that foundation and served there um, for about seven years as the executive director and 13 altogether. When the opportunity came with scleroderma, I was really thinking about what I wanted my, my next step to be in my career and had the opportunity to have worked with the scleroderma foundation for years, obviously being in that rheumatology space and, and knew Robert Riggs very well and really admired the work he did at the foundation. 
And in speaking with the, the leadership of the foundation, I was really inspired by the way that the community was just such a relentless force for finding a cure and the way that everyone really came together and was so dedicated and so passionate. And that really resonated with me. You know, I've, I've really dedicated my career to serving as a source of hope for people with chronic disease, whether it was early in my career, people with substance abuse issues or chronic stroke to, you know, rheumatoid arthritis and rheumatology. Um, and now in scleroderma, it's, it's been really rewarding work. And so it just aligned really well with my personal goals and values. Um, and I felt like I could, could really add a lot of value and, and really wanted the opportunity to work with the, the folks in the community. And I can tell you just in the first six months, it's been such a rewarding journey. And I found everyone to be just really great champions. That's awesome. Yes, we are glad to have you. You're uh, lots of energy, you can feel it. You have the energy. And so let's talk a little bit about the Scleroderma Foundation and let's start with just the history. I don't think I know a lot about it. Okay, sure. So the foundation as it is today was created in 1998. So next year will actually be our 25th anniversary. And it came about as a merger between two similar organizations, the United Scleroderma Foundation, which was really more active on the West Coast, and the Scleroderma Federation, which was based on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And Marie Coyle, one of our beloved founders who really led this charge, was the chair of the Scleroderma Federation on the East Coast. And really kind of laid out the vision for the two coming together under one banner. And they did. They, they said, you know, we have this shared vision to serve the same community. And uh, we're realizing that even today. So they did that work um, between 1996 and 1997. And it became official January 1st of 1998. And I say we're realizing it even now because we've just changed our name to the National Scleroderma Foundation to more accurately reflect the scope of what we do. And we're serving people affected by scleroderma no matter where they are in the U.S. or on their journey with the disease. So that was something we felt like was really important. That's good to know that it's changed its name because I don't think I have it right. So I'll have to change it to the National <laughs> Scleroderma Foundation. Well, our, our launch is actually tomorrow. So your timing will be perfect. Oh, yeah, because this will come yeah. out yeah, in a couple of weeks. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the foundation is located in? So we're located or headquartered in Danvers, Massachusetts, which is just outside Boston. Okay. Uh, and we have 19 chapters and 160 support groups with dedicated leadership and staff all over the country. And, you know, as a member of the Minnesota chapter, things are kind of changing with chapters, though. True? Yes, absolutely. Our governance model is definitely evolving, but our mission remains unchanged. Yes, and I like the idea of being part of the National Foundation and instead of just being affiliated with it, it sounds, you know, I don't know, it sounds better. <laughs> yeah, we're all part of the same organization. Yeah, and to work together more than we have been before. And so the foundation policy or philosophy, I should say, mm -hmm. you kind of mentioned that before. Can you tell me again? Sure, so our philosophy is really to make sure that Everything we do every day is in service of those that are affected by scleroderma. So whether it's, you know, advancing medical research, promoting awareness about the disease or providing support and education, we want to keep that why front of mind. Why do we do what we do? And it's to improve the lives of people who are affected by this disease. So what are some of the services offered by the foundation? 
Yeah. So this I could talk about all day. But we have what we call our three mission pillars, which are education, support, and research. And for education, um, we have a lot of educational programs for those that are affected by scleroderma, as well as their health care providers. So we want to make sure um, that everyone gets the education they need, whether they're newly diagnosed, whether they've been living with the disease for some time, whether they're helping to care for someone with scleroderma, or if they're actually a healthcare provider and this is just a new disease for them and they're not aware of it. We want to help them get as much information as they as they can. So, you know, these educational sessions may be part of our National Scleroderma Conference, which we hold each summer, and that draws about 700 attendees. Or it could be a local chapter program, you know, held in partnership with one of our designated research and treatment centers. Um, we also have webinars that we host uh, at the chapter level and at the national level. level. And I mentioned providing education to healthcare professionals. We actually provide continuing education credits for CME and CNE for healthcare professionals and feel that that's really important to educate them about scleroderma. In terms of support, I mentioned we have 160 support groups across the country, which you're very familiar with. But I just think this is such a cool program where people who've been diagnosed with scleroderma and their friends and family can come together in this this peer support network and, and learn from one another's experiences with the disease. And this type of support is really critical to successfully navigating everything from diagnosis to prognosis to treatment, especially in a disease that's as complex as scleroderma. And we know that having a strong support system improves outcomes for those who are living with chronic illness. And it's one of the reasons this program is so special. And we're so grateful to our community who gives back in this way by leading groups and facilitating groups and being a part of these. And then finally, research, through our peer-reviewed research grants program, we support cutting-edge research, and that helps us um, better understand what causes the disease so that we can work toward a cure. We recruit the top experts in scleroderma research to serve on our peer review panels. And that really ensures that we fund the best science that will ultimately lead to a cure. In addition to what I've called kind of our three mission pillars of education and support and research, we do a lot to promote disease awareness. And our hope is that by increasing awareness of scleroderma, it will lead to earlier diagnosis, and earlier treatment. And of course, we know that that leads to better outcomes as well for those living with scleroderma. So our awareness activities really culminate in June. We carve out that entire month for scleroderma awareness month, but June 29th is actually World Scleroderma Day. And so in addition to sharing information in, you know, our weekly newsletter or a monthly magazine or on social media, we really feel like this awareness month and this more global day really elevate the discussion and it helps us broaden the audience every year. So that's a really exciting activity. And then, of course, another way we promote awareness um, and advocate for our community is through our advocacy activities. Whether it's our National Day of Action or it's grassroots outreach, our advocates are really taking steps to um, improve the care of people living with scleroderma through legislation, through increasing research funding at the NIH and DOD. And again, just another example of how dedicated and um, committed our volunteers are. Yeah, it's so nice to hear that you're educating health, uh, health people too, because as most of our scleroderma patients know that 
diagnosis on the beginning end is very can be very slow sometimes and lots of missed diagnosis of not knowing scleroderma which you know happened to me also so it's good to know that there's a place for healthcare providers and you know to learn more about this because i know when i was diagnosed over 20 years ago i never even heard of the disease so i think too it's becoming more known around the world and you know with people that this is there it's you know when you talk about you know autoimmune diseases that's not the first one that you hear about when you think about autoimmune diseases so it's good to you know promote that within the health organizations great yeah i'm so glad that you're starting to see a difference for sure it's we know that it's really because it is so complex it's really hard to diagnose and it can be really frustrating when you're going through that and we definitely hear that a lot from our community and, and want to be there to support people at every step along the journey there and so you had mentioned some um, places that people i mean we've got support groups and all these places so they would best place to find all of that would be on the web brand new website, www.scleroderma.org. So there you can find your local chapter and get involved with a support group, which are virtual right now. Um, but you can also get involved with our Stepping Out to Cure Scleroderma Walks, which are a great way to meet people in the community. Our first one actually kicks off next month in Southeast Florida on February 26th. So you can uh, think warm thoughts. <laughs> They'll be outside walking. Um, on the 26th, but then that really kind of kicks off the season, depending on, you know, the, the weather and where people are. And some walks are still virtual, but some are returning to face-to-face -face if they safely can do so outdoors. And so, um, again, a great way to get engaged, connected with the community in your area. Um, and you can always go to our website to find an event in your area or a virtual support group, an educational program anything like that. We're also, of course, on social media. So we're on Twitter at Scleroderma. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and those are all linked at the bottom of our homepage at www.scleroderma.org. And so, you're, you know, um, do you want to just tell more that you've done as a change for the foundation? Because it sounds like, you know, we've got a new website, we've got a new logo coming out, you said. So what else is changing? And, you know, tell us more. Sure. So the board of directors actually approved a strategic plan in 2020, which was a two-year strategic plan. So 2020 through 2022, that was really ambitious plan and largely looked at building capacity for the organization and helping us to align around our mission and thinking about how best we could structure the organization for success to do that. And so we were about a year into that plan when I came into my role as CEO last July. And um, because of the great work of staff and leadership, I was able to pick up a lot of those initiatives and, and push them toward the finish line. And we have um, a few more that we'll be working on in the next six months. Um, but a lot of that was really thinking about how do we better reflect the scope of what we're doing on a national level and, and how, you know, whether it's, you know, a refreshed look and feel and showing, you know, that we have all of these great technologies and modern capabilities to our something as simple as putting national in our name, you know, to demonstrate that we, you know, coast to coast, north to south, east to west, we've got you covered no matter where you are and that we're here for you. So those are, you know, that's kind of a nutshell, but then of course there's been some 
structural changes in the ways that our you know, committees are structured and making sure that we're including the patient voice by creating a patient advisory board and, and doing that at the, the highest level. So we've, we've always had a medical and scientific advisory board and we have um, people affected by the disease at every level of leadership, but we never had a, a dedicated group or board that really spoke for on the behalf of patients. Uh, for the organization. We're, so we're excited to roll that out. You had mentioned a little bit about uh, kind of services being offered. And so there's classes that you can take, or let's go a little bit more into detail on that for somebody, for some of my listeners who might want to, you know, get it, not get involved, get involved or, you know, learn more. Absolutely. So in terms of the services offered, it would be everything I mentioned in terms of education, support, research, awareness. If you're looking to get more involved, we are always looking for volunteers to help with events, support groups, plan um, educational programming and serve on committees or working groups or even the board. Whether you want to get involved at your chapter level or get involved you know, on the national board, you can reach out to sfinfo at fluoroderma.org and let us know kind of what you're looking for. We'll point you in the right direction. You can also kind of poke around the website and see what resonates with you and, and we'll get you plugged in where it means the most to you. We want it to be a meaningful experience for you. So we have a couple different areas on the website to connect stakeholders with resources in the community. One is um, our resources page or resources center, I should say, that has links to different fact sheets about different, all kinds of different topics. So everything from coping with scleroderma to nutrition to treatments and, and the different types of scleroderma, whether it's juvenile, systemic, linear, and you can move through those either by scrolling through the page and clicking on the, the fact sheets, or you can sort by topic or search for a topic. But then we also have a page that links out to resources outside of the organization. So that might be what you were thinking of, Anne, where we kind of say, here's some other um, resources we've put together that may be helpful to you. And those link out to like clinicaltrials.gov and um, the Pulmonary uh, Hypertension Association and uh, different organizations like that and different resources like that. So lots of different ways that we're trying to share information and um, get folks involved. And so that's on your webpage and you'd go to the resource page. Is that what yes. you do? A team Inspire? Oh, the Inspire team. Yes. Right. So our Inspire network is an online community of people affected by scleroderma who come together and can share, you know, their experiences, share information and advice and start different discussions by topic. And you can jump in wherever you want on the Inspire network. It's a really great community. It's really active. Everyone on the community is really thoughtful, really engaged, um, and it grow, it's growing every week. And so we've been really inspired to see, no pun intended, um, to see the Inspire community grow so quickly, um, especially in this time as we've moved to so many virtual engagements. And so it is a place where we will post about, you know, upcoming webinars and things like that, as well as on our website. Um, but it's just a great place for organic discussion and, and um, to find kind of your people, your like-minded <laughs> people and, and create a sense of community there. But yeah, a great place to share a resource like your podcast as well with that community. 
And so, and where do you find that again? Is that on the webpage? Do you go to the it, web? It is linked on our webpage and I believe it's under living well with scleroderma. When you click on virtual groups, make sure that's right. <laughs> yes, it is. It's at the very bottom. It says inspire discussion board. So if you at the top of our website, when you go to living well with scleroderma, it says find support and you, it says find support groups and virtual groups. And at the very bottom of the list for virtual groups is the Inspire discussion board. And so you can click right there to connect and it takes you directly to the Inspire site, but that is supported by the foundation. So you know that it's a safe place and a, a great way to connect to others in the community. And I know just by following some of my, the Facebook groups, it would be a good place for people because there's so many questions out there. You know, what do you do when you, and you know, is a good place to share and find out if people have similar things going on with their scleroderma. Because like you say, you know, we all have scleroderma where nobody's alike. We all have so many different ways of it showing. So it would be a good spot for people to go look at. Absolutely. And so is there other things on the website that people should know about? I would encourage everyone to go and, and take a look. We've tried to design it so that it mirrors our journey with scleroderma from starting to understand the disease for those who may be new to it, to getting into what to expect as you begin treatment and then into living well. So that starts to connect you to some of the education, the support groups and and other resources. And then of course, getting involved. So whether it's as an advocate, a donor, a volunteer, we really want um, to provide those opportunities. And then we also have a section for our research program and health professionals who are interested in applying for our grants. But it's also where you can find the latest news and information about the foundation on the homepage. And um, we have a link to our media center there as well. I'm just taking a, I haven't looked at the new (laughs) website for a while. Um, Oh, I hope you like it. (laughs) I'm sure I will. I will encourage people to get involved. I know it's hard to get involved sometimes just from somebody who came from, you know, having the disease, working full time, you know, raising kids at the same time, you know, to add one more thing to your plate can be hard, but just anything little, even, you know, if you can help out with the walk, because that's, uh, I think, one of the main fundraisers that at least Minnesota has is the walk and where we, you know, get most of the people. But if you can just help out a little bit and get involved you know, you'll find it rewarding and you'll meet a lot of people that also Definitely. are in the community that have the disease. Because sometimes I think that a lot of us think that, you know, we're the only ones, you know, because we're such a small community of those who get, you know, of the autoimmune disease that's, you know, we're not a great percentage. So, it, you know, it's a great thing to find out you're not the only one in this boat. Definitely. And it gives so much to those that you connect with as well. So I I definitely know it's a rewarding experience for you and many others that have been involved in those efforts. And and that keeps people coming back, whether they're new to the organization or uh, have volunteered for many years. And that just means the world to us. Well, thank you. I think I'm hoping that this will help people get more involved with the National Scleroderma Foundation. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate the time and Uh, definitely look forward to engaging more people in our mission. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
Please share this podcast with other people living with scleroderma, their family, and friends. Also, if you have feedback, questions, or guest recommendations, visit me at my website, mogulsmobcast.com, or email me at mogulsmobcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Mogul's Mob.